Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. Here, you will find recordings of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. Now, this podcast is not intended to replace your Bible study, to replace your weekly church attendance, or to be your sole source of spiritual instruction. Go to church for that. This podcast is for members of my class who happen to miss a week here or there and don't want to fall behind. But before you listen to this episode, you may want to go to teachings.gym314.com and download student or teacher handouts, as well as any PowerPoints, so you can follow along visually and see what we saw in class, as well as take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app. I'd recommend Overcast. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Jim Fleming's Sunday School class. Um, my name is Josh Landers, and my wife Katie and I, we've been uh, members at Stewart Heights Baptist Church for about nine years, and we've been in Jim's Sunday School class since pretty much day one. Um, Katie and I are actually the substitute teachers upstairs for Barry and Vicki Cole's uh, high school Sunday School class, and sometimes the middle school class, too. So that's always uh, very exciting. Um, so from like a nervousness or a stress standpoint, the high school class is doable because I feel like I'm about on the same level Bible knowledge-wise as those guys, but you guys are intimidating. This is just a little bit different than what I'm used to. Oh, hello, right side of the class. Um, another side note here is that Friday, I didn't even have a voice. I haven't had a voice all week. It completely disappeared last week, and everybody's been praying for me, and we've been praying, and yesterday, miraculously, the voice came back. So there may be some coughs and stuff in here, but... Um, I do have a voice. Um, and one other thing to remember is that uh, Luke 17, 1 through 4 teaches forgiveness. Just remember that as we go through this class. So a uh, gentle review. Um, this is the Bible study proposal that it had Jim's put together for this class and for this, uh, this, this year. And for those of you who have already done this, it is actually fantastic. I know Darla and Doug, you guys have been there. But what we normally do here is that uh, we read our Bible, and then we go read a whole bunch of tools. We go read all the commentary, and then we put all that together. Well, Jim has proposed, how about we just read the Bible, and then how about we pray about it and see what words come out of it? And I can say 100% uh, this is the method that I've followed, and it has been fantastic. Um, The way that we do this is we do the REAP method, which is read, explain, apply, and personalize. And that's the way that we're going to go through it today. Oops. Ooh, that's way early. I'm not good at this. There it is. Uh, This week, we're finishing up Righteous Living, uh, which Jim is super excited about because he gets his check mark right there. (laughs) Congratulations. And um, we're going to be reading Romans 15, 8 through 13. And I am actually going to start at Romans 13.8. So if everybody will get your Bibles or your handouts, and we'll read this together. Romans 13.8. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. 
and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. So who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one shall be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us live to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. And I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual building. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. 
May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So that is the read part. Here's the explain part. So uh, we go through the Bible and we ask questions. And uh, one of the questions that we've been asking is, are there any literary or structural observations? I asked this to the middle school class, and they looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. So I'll just give you the answer, okay? Uh, the fact that God's plan is for both the Jews and the Gentiles has been a major theme in Romans. And Paul hammers home this main point of the book, of, one of the main points of the book of Romans, and he does it by quoting passages from the Old Testament that back up his argument. So Paul the lawyer presents his closing argument, and he shows tons of evidence. Uh, Jim's been mentoring me for the past couple of months, and he's taught me that a speech is uh, supposed to be like flying a plane. There's a takeoff, and then you fly, and then you land. So to be totally transparent, this is where we take off, okay? <laughs> so he knows I got the point right. The three passages that are quoted are extremely interesting. Um, the first one, 2 Samuel 22.50, says that the Jews should praise God among the Gentiles. And the second, Deuteronomy 32.43, says that the Gentiles should praise God with the Jews. And the third, um, Psalms 117.1, says that we should all praise God together. So this totally backs up Romans 15.6 that says that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our G Lord Jesus Christ. So what do the words mean? Uh, we'll go through the Greek here and get some of Hall's, Hall's mentholatum water. All right, Romans uh, 15, 8. For I tell, and tell here is to properly to lay forth, you that Christ, the anointed, became a servant. The Greek word is deaconos, is which word we get our word deacon. To the circumcised, the circumcised here is the people or Judaism, to show God's truthfulness. And I've been waiting to do this. So what does that mean in the Greek, Gary? Truth. Truth is translated as truth. Isn't that fantastic? In order to confirm, and that is to make firm or establish, to make sure, the promises, and the promises here are an announcement, especially a divine assurance of good, that were given to the patriarchs, which is the father or parent. But in this specific instance, this, this would be the forefathers of the Jews, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In order that the Gentiles... Greek word it means ethnos, or the Greek word is ethnos. It means foreign one. So that the Gentiles might glorified, and this is, uh, we'll, we'll do some Greek nerd stuff here, aorist active infinitive. 
Um, and this, I had to look it up because I didn't know what that meant. It's a simple occurrence without regard for the amount of time it takes to accomplish the action. So the word is glorify, which is to, which is to render glorious or full of glory or honor or magnify. So that means it doesn't matter how long it takes to glorify God. It will be done. And that's what's so neat about the Greek is that a, a verb can give a sense of tense or time. And that's why it is neat to go back and look at this in the Greek. So in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy or compassion. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, ethnos, and sing, which is to celebrate the divine worship with music and accompanying odes to your name, Onamah. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, ethnos, with his people, Laos. Laos here is the Jewish people, or my people, my with a capital M, all those who are in the same stock or language. That's Deuteronomy 32, 43. And again, praise the Lord. Lord here is Kyrios, the supreme in all authority, the controller, God, Lord, Master, Sir. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, ethnos, and let all the peoples, Laos, extol him. And again, Isaiah says, Isaiah is Jehovah's, uh, Jehovah's help. Again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse. Uh, Jesse literally means wealthy, but here is the father of King David. Um, so this is my first Sunday school answer. Um, who is the root of Jesse? Jesus. That's right. You'll get another chance to do that better in a minute. <laughs> the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises, and this means to stand up, to rule the Gentiles, the ethnos. In him will the, will the Gentiles hope. Uh, the word here is elpizo, which is, means hope. And that's to trust or to expect or confide. May the God of hope, and uh, hope is to anticipate, uh, usually, usually with pleasure, expectations, or confidence. May the God of hope feel. And um, feel here literally means to cram a net. So you have to remember that back in the day, everybody was fishermen, or Jesus' disciples were fishermen, so they knew exactly what this word, what this word meant. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, calm, delight, peace, rest in believing. So may the God of hope cram you literally full of hope and peace in believing. All right, here's your next chance. Who do we believe in? Jesus. Jesus. So that by the power, which is uh, dunamis, which is spelled dynamis, and which is where we get our word dynamite, may the power of the Holy Spirit, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you, which is actually plural here, which means us together, may abound. Uh, that's be in excess or, or superfluous. And I told the high school and the middle school guys that uh, they can take that word home for free and impress their parents with it. <laughs> Superfluous. Be overflowing with. Hope. So may you be full of hope and may the power of the Holy Spirit give it to you. All right. So are there any repeated words in this text? Hope. Is there more? 
guide Gentiles. People. So the next question that we ask ourselves are what are the observations of the text? So I'm going to go back through it one more time and we'll hit the, we'll hit the points here. So for I tell, that is Paul presenting his evidence properly before the audience. Paul the lawyer. You that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, therefore I'll praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. So this is clearly says the Jews should praise God among the Gentiles. And again it said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. So the Gentiles should praise God with the Jews. And praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol Him. So we should all praise God together. Ethnos and Laos. So when something's mentioned three times in the Bible, we're supposed to pay attention to it, right? Uh, so being a father has taught me a lot about uh, God's method of teaching and shaping and patience. So with our son, when I ask him to do something, we'll have him repeat it back to us. What do we tell you? And then when he says it, I'll say, yes, that's correct. I need you to do this. Uh, in the nuclear industry, this is called three-way communication. And it's awesome that God figured out all of this stuff long before us. Isn't that neat? And again, Isaiah says the root and the root of the vine that we are grafted into. John 15, 5, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Of Jesus will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles in him will the Gentiles hope. So this verse in the ESV felt a little choppy to me. So I went and looked it up in the NIV. And it says the root of Jesse will spring up. One who will arise to rule over the nations. In him will the Gentiles hope. And then may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And you is plural, which is the collectiveness or the togetherness of what we're supposed to be doing. So like Darla said, her favorite part of these lessons is application and personalization. And I agree. By far the best best part. Um, so there were a couple of words that really stood out to me in these passages. And the first was Gentiles, ethnos. It was repeated over and over and over again. And I started to wonder about the word ethnos because it sounds a whole lot like the word ethnic. And the definition of the word ethnic is relating to a population subgroup within a larger dominant national or cultural subgroup or cultural group. But our culture's prejudices have kind of altered the connotation of that word. And I feel like I'm not ethnos. I'm an American. I'm born and bred here. So I began to ask myself, well, who is a Gentile if I don't feel like I'm ethnos? What does that mean? So the second word that stood out to me was together. It was only mentioned two times in, the, in word, but it was implied heavily through the, through the quoted scriptures. So you put all this together and you ask, who are these other ethnos that I am supposed to be together with? And then it hit me with the spiritual two-by-four that Daryl talks about, that the way to land this lesson is with something relevant and timely. So I'm going to show you a picture for the second time uh, from the news recently. So is this what hope, joy, peace 
and praising God together looks like. Um, so for you, those of you who aren't familiar with this picture, earlier in the year in Charlottesville, Virginia, a Gentile who hated another group of Gentiles so much that he was willing to drive his car into a crowd of people and his hate killed another person and ruined his life and hurt 19 others. So can anybody here point out the Gentile in this picture? All of them? Yeah? Maybe. But most of them? What about this picture? They're all Gentiles, right? Oh, you can't see it? I'd turn it, but it wouldn't work because the way the projector works. So, um, growing up in Middle Tennessee, uh, after church on Sunday, we not only had roast pastor, but we also indulged in open racism. Um, we used jokes and comments that in our minds built us up and tore other people down. And it, uh, it absolutely breaks my heart now that as I've grown up in Christ and I've studied His Word, to think that at one time it was, that was acceptable behavior and could have possibly glorified the Christ that died for me. So I can think of two specific instances that I'll tell you about that still haunt me. Um, the first, uh, we were in first grade, and we were sitting in the gym waiting for school to start, which is, I can picture Ike doing that now because that's what he does every morning. Um, and a little girl asked me if she could be my girlfriend. And uh, I told her no. I said, I'm not allowed to have a black girlfriend. I wasn't. So who was raised in a church where you couldn't wear shorts? Yeah. What about um, you couldn't wear jeans unless it was Wednesday night potluck? Remember that one? Yes. Uh, one of the biggest arguments my dad and I got into um, was about where I parted my hair. I wanted to part it here, and he wanted to part it here. And he was like, what would the people at church think? My part here. <laughs> Coming from a father, right? <laughs> so I know all this stuff seems silly, but it sets the stage for the second instance um, that concerns our babysitter when we were little. Uh, her, her name was Tina. My brother and I, are, uh, we, we loved her so much. And when she would come over, we knew it was going to be an awesome night. Uh, she would play and roll on the floor and wrestle. And uh, she loved us, and we loved her. It was mutual. Well, uh, Tina was also the... Um, she kept nursery on Sunday nights at church, and she was paid to do it. Well, come to find out, um, she was married to a white man, and when she was pregnant with uh, her baby, a mixed-rice child, the church let her go, quickly and quietly. But we're not going to end on a sour note. Oh, man. All right. Yesterday, in Shelbyville, Tennessee, Gemini's hometown... We had a White Lives Matter rally. People from outside our city came in 
to protest the fact that uh, this League of the South, they came in to protest that uh, we have this large influx of Somali and um, Mexican immigrants. Um, they, hmm? The industries that we have, we have a Tyson's chicken processing plant and we have a large horse industry. And these guys come in and work these industries. And they, they have jobs, and they have good jobs, and they do a good job at it. And I was really, really kind of concerned about how this was all going to go down. Um, but I was proud of my town yesterday, which is the reason for my shirt. This is my Shelbyville Golden Eagles high school shirt, which actually looks big on me now, so I guess <laughs> that's back when I worked out, right? <laughs> It was a long time ago. But I was proud of my town yesterday. Um, my mom was giving me a play-by-play -play on text. The town shut down. They closed the restaurants. They closed the gas stations. And they didn't want to be selling hamburgers. And they didn't want to be selling gas to people coming in here. And believe it or not, they had twice as many counter-protesters yesterday. And uh, there was two speeches supposedly given by the White Lives Matter group. And the first one, nobody heard because they were playing, the counter-protesters were playing La Bamba, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Culturally correct. Uh, the second, they drowned out because they played uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, and nobody heard it. So apparently you can kill hate with love and good things. And it was so effective that after they left Shelbyville, they were all going to drive to Murfreesboro and have a second one. And they didn't have it. Only 30 people showed up. And they said, we're not going to do this. And left. So for the first time in my life, I'm proud of my podunk little hometown, <laughs> Shelbyville, Tennessee. Uh, so... To this effect, uh, we, Katie and I have consciously made the decision that we're raising our son colorblind. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. All right, so we have to land the plane, right? So to land the plane, how can we glorify God together with one voice, laos and ethnos, as a divided people? And Paul goes to great lengths to point out that we're all in this life together, and the last few weeks has been about the weaker and the stronger in faith living in, living in harmony. And before that, the Jews tried to leave the Gentiles out, but we were grafted back in. But the Gentiles are actually a very large group of different people, and we're all meant to praise God together. Jessica sent in um, an awesome quote from Kroll, and it says, The Christian tent is extremely big, and those who fellowship under it are extremely diverse. Did I do it wrong again? All right, anyway. So application, let's apply this. So Christ is the hope of the Jews and the Gentiles. So what do we do with that? Well, we should praise the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He did that. And the term Gentiles, the second one here, is a lot bigger than we think. So how do we apply that and personalize it? Well, let's love the other Gentiles. The third is the power of the Holy Spirit provides hope. 
And to me, that hope is how we can get through this together. Just like we saw in Shelbyville, Tennessee yesterday, there is hope. And God provided hope. So what do we do with that? Well, let's allow the God of hope to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Next week is uh, Paul the minister to the Gentiles. We start a new section. And um, that's the end of the lesson.